around the world, locally, with family and friends. House of Destiny International Ministries presents Senior Pastor Dr. Larry Manley with today's message of a spiritually vibrant connection with God. We hope that you enjoy the viewing. The Bible says in Psalms 103 verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I recall the psalmist saying, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will be continually in my mouth. Verse 2 here says that, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. His benefits are eternal. His benefits are wide. His benefits are deep. His benefits are high. And his benefits are low. God says in verse 3, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with, this is what I like right here. This is grace right here. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. See, we have, well, all of us deserve death. Every one of us. And without Jesus Christ, that's exactly what we receive, right? So I'm thankful today for my Savior, my prophet, my apostle, my elder brother, Jesus Christ, my God. I'm thankful today for him and what he has done in my life. He's made me happy when I was making myself sad. I'm thankful that God cared more for me than I cared for myself. I don't know about you now. You might be one of those folk who got it all together. But that's not, that, that, that's not me. You see, I need Jesus. And I'm glad Jesus is in my life. I want to talk about Jesus this morning. That's who I want to talk about. I want to talk about my Savior. I don't want to talk about nobody else. I just want to talk about Jesus this morning. He said, bless the Lord. The word bless there means to humble thyself. And to kneel down. The transliteration, Hebrew transliteration of the word blessed means barak. And barak means blessed of God or lightning, which means enlightenment. But it also means cursed. You see, every blessing from God comes with a curse, depending on how you use the blessing. You see, the same fire that you cook with will destroy you if it's used wrong. The same water that you drink and that you wash with will drown you if you use it wrong. And guess what? It don't take but just a little bit, just enough to get your nose and your mouth under it. 
You understand what I'm trying to say here? I'm saying that the same thing that you love and the same thing that love you, if you's wrong, it'll kill you. See, most of the time, the Bible says, let everything that we do be done in moderation. You see, you see, you see sometimes we can eat too much. Sometimes we can be too greedy for money. Sometimes we can be too greedy for things. You see, it, it all comes over much, all comes from being greedy. When we, when we can't get enough. You know what I'm saying? We just want more and we want more and we want more. That's the root of greed. It's greed. Because we can't never get enough. We're never satisfied. Man is never satisfied. He don't know how to be satisfied. Until he finds his rest in Christ Jesus. So the Bible says, bless the Lord, meaning to humble thyself, to kneel down. Hmm. James 4.10 says, if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, that he will lift you up. That's a promise. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, with all that is within me. What he's saying here is that I got to surrender all. I got to find a way. I've got to figure out a way to surrender it all. With all that is within me. Bless his holy name. So Psalms 134, the verse 2, verse 2 tells us that I will lift up my hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Mm. So, this is the sanctuary. This thing that's inside of me known as the church. So, the lifting up of my hands is really the relinquishing of my power. When you lift up your hands, that's a sign of surrender. Stick them up. You understand what I'm saying? So the Bible says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary, not this sanctuary. That's the external thing. But you've got to connect with what God is saying within. I'm talking about finding rest for your soul. You see, God says, I will lift up my hands, that word hands represents the extended power that God has given us. So you see, we've got to learn how to relinquish our power and surrender it to God. And when we surrender it to God, then we will bless the Lord. What will we do? We will bow down. We will humble down to God when we surrender. It ain't until we lift up our hands in the sanctuary, until we give up this power that we think we have as we bless him, as we bow down to him, as we surrender. The Lord tells us in verse 2 that bless the Lord. He's talking about humble thyself again. Oh my what? You see, the soul is made up of the mind, willing, and emotions. And see, that's where the problem comes from. Our will, 
our mind and our emotion. That's why the Bible says that we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Mm -hmm. Put on the new man, you know, who's been brought up in righteousness after God. So, 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 so it says, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Because verse 3 goes on to say, who's forgiveth? Now, I like this. All, not some, but he forgive all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Now, wait a minute. We're talking about forgiveness here. That's a biggie, ain't it? Because some of us carrying some stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of us are. Some of us are. We carry some stuff and we don't know how to turn it loose. Because we're so comfortable with unforgiveness until we, it's become normal to us. You see? But the words say, who forgives us of all, all of our iniquities. Y'all know what iniquity is? That's sin. That's transgression, the breaking of God's authority. So, he said, now, I'm, won't, I'm going to forgive you for all of your iniquities, all of your sins. Well, look at Matthew 18, 21 and 22. If that's the right place, then there's this fellow named Peter. And Peter, he goes to Jesus and he says, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother that transgressed against me? Seven times? Jesus said, no. He said, 70 times seven. See, he took it to an infinite state. See? As many times as he asked for forgiveness. You see? Well, let's get some understanding on this. Now, Jesus, the Bible says, bless the Lord. Who, for, oh my soul, who forgiveth me of how many of my sins? Whoa. Now we're made in the likeness and the image of him, right? So we are expected to do the same thing with each other as he has done for us. Okay? Let's get some understanding now. So, here we go in Romans, I think, where? Where is it? 829? Is it Romans 829? Let me see. Where it talks about Jesus, yeah, Romans 8.29. Romans 8.29 talks about how Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. So that means that Jesus Christ is our eldest brother. Because if he's the firstborn of many brethren, which came after him, then if he's the firstborn, that makes him the eldest brother, right? See, God is, is a lot of things to us. He's a friend of ours. He's a father. He's a mother. He's a brother. He's whatever. He's an apostle. He's a pro. He's whatever you need him for. The Bible said, however you come to him, that's how God going to come to you. You see what I'm saying? So God is, he's whatever we need, God is. That's why he calls himself the I am. Not that I was. He say, I am that I am. I am, present tense. In other words, whatever you need Jesus for in your present state, God says, I am. 
But you've got to catch on to the eternal value of I am. Because I am has an eternal value to it. And that eternal value is not hoop and hype, but that eternal value is knowing who God really is. And I'm going to tell y'all something. I'm finding out here lately, as I listen to more and more people, and as I listen to more and more of the, the, the preachers and stuff, I'm finding out more and more is that the church has an identity crisis on who they are. We done played church so long till we've missed it. We've missed what God was trying to tell us. So now we're all stir crazy, doing the same old thing, staying on the same level of teaching, staying on the same level of it all, and we're not getting anywhere. You see, this thing was intended for us to grow. The power can't grow in you unless you grow. It's just like lifting weights. If you got 10 pounds on each side and then three weeks later you're still pumping 10 pounds on each side, you haven't grown any. You got to put more weight on that thing. You got to put some more knowledge into yourself. You got to put some more practice into the knowledge. See, we come here and we hear, when I say here, I'm talking about church. What we do is we come and we hear the word, but we don't practice it. We get CDs and DVDs and we don't listen to them. And that's bad. That's bad. What you get them for if you don't listen to them? You can't retain everything that you hear from this pulpit. Don't even try. You can't. So you got to sit in quiet time with God. See, that's another problem with us. As Americans, we can't sit still. We had to stay home a few days and lightning went crazy because of the snow. Because, you see, we don't like ourselves that well. So when God get us closed off in a, in a place where he got to talk to us and we've got to face some things, and then we go to running. Because, see, we don't really like looking at ourselves. So what do we do? We like to look at others. It keeps us from looking at ourselves. Yeah. Y'all still going to love me afterwards? Hmm? Now, because it's the truth. We know it's the truth. You know. As long as I do it myself. As long as there's somebody else, we can talk about it. Oh, when that thing hit me, uh-oh. Now I'm challenged now, see. Now what am I going to do? See, this book ain't designed for me to look at you. This book designed for me to look at me. See, I can always find something wrong externally, but how about finding something wrong internally? How about me looking at myself? And stop blaming other people for what ain't going right in my life. I need to just stop that because that's foolishness. That's a sign of immaturity, Christians. He says he forgives us of all our sin, all our iniquity, and heals us of all our diseases. 
Psalms 103 verse 4 goes on to say, Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, thank you Lord, so many times, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, that's grace. God forbid, yeah, let God be true, but every man, a what? A lie. So it really, what, he, what Paul is saying here, it really doesn't matter what you believe. It still doesn't affect who God is and what God has done. He's still God, and he still means what he say. So it really don't matter. It ain't going to change, see. God has done what he has done, and he expects us to accept it. So he, he crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. Go over here to Lamentations 3, verse 18 through 26. Are we there? Look at what the Word of God says. In verse 17, I'm going to go through verse 17, and we're going to work down to verse 26, and we're out of here. Amen? It says in verse 17, Lamentation 3, 17, And thou hast removed my soul. Look what he done. Look what God has done. God has removed, and thou, speaking of God, has removed my soul far from what? Wow. Say it again, y'all. Peace. Who, who removed your soul from peace? God. Say he did. I forgot. What? Oh. Now that word prosperity there means I forgot God's favor. I forgot that I was a good tree. I forgot that I was good gold in that land. I forgot that I was good fertile soil in that land. You see, when God removes your peace from you, hear me church, you know what happens? You forget how wonderful God really is in your life. When you hold yourself to the fire for the mistakes that you've made, that's a trick of the enemy. <laughs> Paul told you, he said, now look, I don't count myself as being apprehended. In other words, Paul said, I ain't made this thing yet. This is Philippians, I think 313. I ain't made it there yet. But this one thing I know, I'm forgetting that which is behind me. You see, Paul had some stuff behind him. Paul remembered it was always on Paul's mind how he persecuted the church, how he killed God's people. Do you understand what that man had to forget? Do you understand what he was walking with? And as he walked it, that thing was trailing him, that thing called the conscience. He said, now, I forgot the favor of God. See, when you're in turmoil, when, when the peace of God, when you're in pain, when you're in turmoil, you know what I'm saying? You, you, if you ain't careful, you'll lose your recognition of prosperity, what God has done in your life. That's what causes so many people to fall off the wagon right there. They forget. They start going through a challenge. God take a, See, God got to send you through the storm just to see where you are in the storm. He got to do that. God has to take us through hard times and mishap because there's something about him squeezing you that it brings out the best in you. You only know how good you are by being tested by how bad you've been. If you only know how good you are, Look at how bad you've been. Take a look at that. And hurry up and jump back. Because you, you should see progress. 
And if you see progress, then what that ought to do is jumpstart your mind and make you want to go a little further. We're conditioned to hide the truth from one another. So what do we do? We listen to some old preacher jump around and act a fool and ain't got no word in him, and then we do the same thing. We don't get no word, and, 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 and so you can't get no healing without the word. How you gonna get healed without the word? How? You cannot get into this word and not praise God and worship God. Because that's what this is all about. You hang around up in this word long enough and I'll guarantee you, you'll find yourself praying to God and worshiping God and honoring God, feeling good about God. The Bible says in verse 19 here, just slow walking. Remembering mine affliction and my misery. See, see that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to remember the wormwood and the gall. That's the bitterness of it. He wants you to remember how sick you are. He wants you to remember how terrible you are. He wants you to remember how broke you are. You, know, you didn't know you was rich. That's right. See, God told you you was rich, but you done bought into the devil's lie that you're poor. It ain't so. It ain't so. You just ain't so. God's words say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his bread begging or his children or seed begging for bread. God said, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you. That's the word of God, New Testament. Now, I believe Jesus. But the devil will have us believe in our affliction. He say, in my affliction, mm -hmm. remembering my affliction and my misery, it didn't bring nothing but bitterness. That's all it ever done. Oh, boy, I don't know about y'all, but I've been depressed where I couldn't get up out of bed for a week. I've been there. I know all about that. And guess what? I put myself there. Didn't nobody else put me there. I put my own self there in that depressive state. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because I forgot prosperity. Book of James 4.8. James said, if you draw nigh to God, hmm, God will draw nigh to you. I think that's in James 4.8, I think it is. But I know it's in there. And y'all know it's in the book too. Now, the word bless means to do what? Humble thyself. Now, the Bible says if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he'll lift you up, right? Ain't it funny how when we humble ourselves, God will lift us up? And as we draw nigh to him, he draws nigh to us. That means as we humble ourselves and allow him to lift us up, he humbles himself and come close. Oh, my God. That God would have the audacity to come down to meet me in my humbleness. Ooh, we. I can't grasp it, but I want to. There's a hope inside of me that want to grasp eternal life. I don't understand it, but I do want to grasp it. Precept point. Now we're talking about the real deal now. We're talking about the master now. We're talking about the man now. See, Moses ain't the man. 
Jesus is the man above all men. Jesus is the Lord above all lords. Jesus is the God above all gods. His throne is in heaven and his footstool is in the earth. There's none other name in heaven, on earth, under the earth, whereby men must be saved. Acts 4, 12. I say must be saved. Ain't nobody else. It's all about Jesus. Somebody say Jesus up in hell. Because see, we don't get enough of him. We get everything else, but we don't get enough of Jesus being preached. It's Jesus, y'all. And it always will be. Grace and truth came by way of the master. The one that created the whole thing. Ha! Took on a body. They said, well, how can he, God take on a body? Because he's God. He do what he want to do. He don't have to answer to your little old puny mind. Talking about, how God? You know, you know what I'm saying? How God? You know God. He wouldn't do You don't know what God would do. The only thing that my Bible tells me God won't do is tell a lie. That's the only impossible thing that God can't do. Other than that, he can send a spirit to make you tell a lie. Because it's in the book. <laughs> I said he can send a spirit. He won't do it. But he'll send a fool that'll tell you a lie. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> he know what you like. You want, you want somebody to rub that old demon in you. You know what I'm saying? You want somebody to pet that old demon. I ain't petting nothing up in here. It's the word. It'd be best for you to do this. Verse 24 say, the Lord is my portion. Or verse 25 say, the Lord is good unto them that do what? Wait. Somebody say, wait for it. To the soul that seeketh not your will, but his will. Not my will, but thy will. You see, my will keep getting me frustrated. My will keep getting me depressed. Because I think the world is supposed to turn on my will. I think everybody's supposed to bow down to my will. The devil is a stinking lie. This world could care less about you or your will. Or what you think. So you better get real and you better find out what really life is all about or life will teach you a hard lesson. I speak from experience. See, the problem with us, we can't preach to people because we don't want nobody to be offended. That's our problem. When sometimes that's what it takes. To offend people. The Bible said that the word of God will offend them. Anytime you got to look at yourself. And you corner it. And you got to look at yourself. Don't you know that you hate that? That's called that imp. It's got to be circumcised out of you. That's that imp rising up. You don't want to act right. You want everybody to do what you want them to do.